Hey, Jesse Paul Smith here with my Creative District podcast. And I am super excited to get into this conversation I had with talent manager and brand strategist, Susan Ancelotti. Not only does she have a cool Italian accent, but she has worked with some amazing brands. We're talking about Madonna, JLo, BTS, Ellen DeGeneres, World of Dance, Fenty Beauty, Red Bull, Yeezy, Microsoft. And so we talk about all of the things about talent, um, how to become a better entrepreneur if you are a performer, what it takes to really collaborate with brands and artists that you're looking uh, to collaborate with, and the mindset that is required to really be a success in this industry. You are not going to want to miss this episode. Let's get to it. Welcome to another episode of the My Creative District podcast, where we discuss how to channel your creative power into building the life you want, building the business you want, and making the impact you want. We believe creatives can live out a passionate and fulfilled life when they completely embrace their unique design and purpose. Want to turn your passion into profit? Stay tuned to hear from industry professionals, paradigm shifters, and world changers who have done just that and live it every day. This is the My Creative District podcast with your host, Jesse Paul Smith. Well, Susan, I want to say thank you for coming on the show. I'm super excited to dive into this conversation because I know it's going to be uh, just jam-packed full of value. But once again, thanks for making time to be on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Can't wait to dive deep into this conversation. Thank you so much, Jess, for having me on your podcast. It's such an honor to talk to you. Now, I, I do want to bring this up. So obviously... You have an awesome accent. I wish I had an accent. So, um, but I'm totally Midwest and people say I have an accent, but they make fun of my accent. Yours is a cool one. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, um, first of all, just to give context, obviously you've worked with a lot of brands over the years. You've worked with JLo, you've worked with BTS, you've worked with Red Bull, Yeezy, a lot of big brands. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, uh, put some context before we get to that, like where it all started from you. So where, you know, where did your journey start as an entrepreneur? Okay. So as I always say, when that's me, this question, I always feel like this job happened to me. I didn't really look for it. I literally didn't know what I wanted to do right after high school. Um, so in Italy, we finished high school at 18 so at 19, I decided that I wanted just to take a year off, the magical year after high school to figure out what you want to do. I tried to sign up for a university, do a couple of years, didn't really get much out of it. So I started traveling. And because um, I always been working since I was 14, even if I was going to school, I always save money, stack money because I felt like I wanted to get out of Italy after I finished school. And that uh, kind of gave me the freedom to try and do things for a year or two. And um, so, yeah, uh, just one summer, the summer of 2007, I think it was. I was in Germany for a dance camp with some friends. I was just uh, going and hanging out with them because they were taking classes and stuff. And I get to meet um, a lot of awesome choreographers that were from America. They were uh, teaching classes there. And I met Philip Shabib. Uh, some people might know him, Fachman. And um, 
Yeah. And then he actually just came out of So You Think You Can Dance. So he was having a moment where he was booked for a lot of classes overseas. And I met the end. He's an amazing artist. He's a genius. He's just very bad with keeping up with his email and stuff he knows. So even if you hear that, he's going to agree with that. <laughs> so, um, so it was like, um, you know, I realized I'm losing a lot of jobs and see just, just because I'm so focused on so in my zone, I'm just focused on creating that I can keep up with, uh, you know, doing emails, this kind of stuff is not in my zone of genius. So I would love if you could, if you can help me figure it out, those things. And uh, I started to help him with that. And then we organized a couple of tours in Europe, in Italy. And um, I think after a year, he put together a crew. He went on, so you think you can dance with Daimi crew? Sorry, on America's Bandit's crew with IME crew, and they won. And so after that, like, their business has closed, so we start to tour. We tour for a couple of years. And then um, a lot of, you know, I was meeting a lot of new people, a lot of dancers, and they were all like, oh, my gosh, like, I need this kind of help too. And then when I started to realize that there was a lack of this kind of service, like manager, agents, there will be a lot of them, but it will be so many people that they manage that they won't be able to actually help them and reply to all these emails or do some specific work to help them out, especially at the beginning. So I always be very selective. I always try to keep like five talent that I really work close with and then all the others that I can just help and rotate if I need other talent. So we'll also have a like a core of five talent that are helping everyday work and then other 15 that I work when I need to. And um, yeah, it's been challenging a little bit also to find some help because talent, they want to just work with you when they pick you as a manager. So that's kind of hard to delegate. But um, yeah, so after that, at 22, I started my first agency in Italy that we figured out that Italy wasn't the best place for dance. So we pivoted to fitness there. And then I moved to Paris where there was a bigger dance community, more freestylers, more culture. And there I started to collaborate with a dance studio, a uh, Scolac studio, a very big one in Paris. And then from there, in 2018, I decided to move to LA because I, I was like, okay, everybody's from here. I'm able to get a visa now. I have all the credits and everything I need. So why not moving? And so that's what I've been doing. So far from 2018, I'm here stuck in West Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious, you, did you go over to Germany because you were a dancer or just because you were hanging out with dancers? No, it's because, uh, so I didn't have any chance to uh, meet up with my friends because they were all from different cities. So we were like, okay, let's go all in summer for a month in this dance camp. And so we can all hang out because they have activities too. So even if I, I wasn't dancing, for example, you can just stay there and then watch classes. And then at night we do stuff all together. So, um, yeah, I was on vacation, basically. <laughs> vacation. So vacation, vacation led you to a business. Um, so I, I'm curious what, you know, what was some of the biggest things that you learned early on when you were managing like all these dancers, right? And, and you're, you think about creators and creators all seem to suffer from a lot of the same hangups, right? What were some of the biggest things that, you know, you were seeing was low hanging fruit that these dancers were just ignoring that was costing them gigs? So, uh, most of my thing, it was like, as I say, reply, replying, like be on, 
people because you know like most of the jobs like you reply once and then they forget so you gotta follow up it's like it's a job just there replying emails in a way that things actually happen because one thing is going from an email to an actual event to booking a flight booking an hotel make things happen it takes you know it's a very long process from the first email so just all that is already a job that i feel like somebody else should do for the talent and then um, beside that, there are also a lot of opportunities that the person that is focused on creating art might not see. They might lead to, you know, passive income in the future or like some, you know, alternative ways of making money once as an artist, you are maybe tired to dance or you maybe get older, you see all these kids, you know, on TikTok. So <laughs> you get a little bit frustrated, but so it's, yeah, so... You can definitely build, you know, um, side things or like brands, alternative brands, clothing line products, digital products, like affiliate links. You can create a wall kind of things around your main art, your main brand. And that's what I think sometimes is hard because, as I said, the artist is focused on creating new choreography, you know, getting better at dancing. And that's what they're supposed to do. But definitely if you have somebody from the outside looking in and helping you uh, grow in your brand, I think that's where you can really stand out. I think that's, I think that's interesting too, is that, you know, I'm a big proponent of, you know, John Maxwell says this, if you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, take a team. And, you know, what you're talking about is, you know, finding somebody and you use this word zone of genius, which I, I love find somebody that maybe they love dance or they love performing, they love singing, they love, but they don't necessarily have the talent for it or maybe their desire isn't to be the front and center creator, but they just want to be a part of what's going on and finding where you can, you know, finding somebody that can supplement where you are, you know, where you're not the, the strongest. Cause I think that's a big, that's a big miss for a lot of creators because they're hoping that their talent is going to be enough to get the exposure or recognition that they need. And in a noisy world that we're in now, it's that that's just too hard of a, a formula. Yeah. It's one of also the thing that I always say when I teach to my client is like talent is 0%. Like everything is mindset. Like if you really want to build like a brand, a that become a business and you just don't do it because of passion because as a hobby you have to become a business mad entrepreneur the conversation we were having even before like you have to become the ceo of your brand and know how to you know always uh be update develop it because obviously people are working i started to work with 12 years ago from when we start to what they are now is a completely different things like most of them they barely dance right now you know dancing was just the incubator for everything they wanted to share with the world most of them sing right now or they are writing books doing public speaking so choreographing artistic direction making movies so that was just the beginning for them to spread their message and then now they're developing other forms that where they can touch even more people so you talk about mindset. That's going to be a, a trigger word for me because I, man, I'll, I'll start to do the hula dance talking about this because I, I think this is such a, um, I think this is such a, a overlooked, uh, overlooked principle. Also, it's 
it carries so many different meanings now, right? People, people hear the word mindset, but I don't know if they necessarily dive into the practice of mindset. And I think that that's, that's a big, um, a big miss uh, in, in, in this day and age. And so with, with your, the clients that you work with, when you talk to them about mindset, what are things that you're encouraging them to do? Cause it's not just about being aware of mindset. You got to dig in, you got to dig deep. So what are some activities or what are some things that you're encouraging your clients to do to better their mindset? So there are different levels. And I feel like for my talent, they are already successful in something the main roadblocks for them is to uh, adventure and put themselves in new things that one that they are not that uh, successful at yet. So, for example, if I'm a dancer and I want to start singing, I know I have to go through the rookie mistakes and go and start from the bottom again. And that kind of um, uncomfortable feeling of knowing that you reach the top as a dancer and you have to start over with another category, it might make you procrastinate or make you feel like, okay, I don't want to do that because, you know, even you lose followers. When you pivot on your social media and stuff, uh, you know, you're going to lose a lot of followers. Even just facing there and seeing people be like, okay, where are your dance video? Why you try to do something more, something different that fulfill you, that can be frustrating. So with them, it's definitely that kind of thing of be able to people without uh, feeling like, okay, I know I have to start from zero. And it's very hard, believe me. When you're so successful at something, starting from zero is very, very hard. So I understand that you need a, a big push because so many people get uncomfortable in what they do and that's why they stay and they do the same thing all their life. But the thing is that um, even famous artists, famous actors, you see that once they reach the top, they just sit there and they, you know, do a disservice now maybe showing what they could do in creating a clothing line or making a, another, producing a movie themselves or writing a book. So for me, it's always me like, okay, you are doing a disservice now, not showing people how you can sing because I know you can sing. I heard you. I just know you don't want to put it out there because you don't want to go through that kind of you know, process. So that's one of the main things when it comes to somebody already successful. Um, another thing, I guess, is um, sometimes to not even see those things as a stream of income, but to see as a hobby. So even like I uh, have this one other talent, very passionate about uh, psychology and stuff, and he never, or self-improvement, never see as a thing until he realized that he knew way more than most of the people in the site wrote a book about that. So um, yeah, there are all these things that I feel like when you're successful, you kind of relax a little bit, and I feel it's unconscious because you know you're up there, but uh, always putting yourself in some new things, always, you know, even a new platform. When TikTok come out, when, you know, LinkedIn start to explode, or where Clubhouse, like even adapting yourself, your content, and jumping on another platform and show what you can do there, that is another way to renovate yourself and, you know, putting yourself again in the game. So I feel that's one of the main things for what concept that kind of level. Now, one of the things that I, I know that is a big misconception, and you kind of alluded to this. I, I love the fact that you said that, you know, your, your client realized that they didn't think they were as knowledgeable about a certain area, but realized they were a lot more knowledgeable than some. And, you know, you keep hearing this, this thought process that you only have to be one step ahead of the next person to teach them, right? 
Um, but you know, I think there's this, this, you know, this misconception that you have to have a certain status on social media or, you know, you have to have so many followers or you have to have been in the game for so long before you can really start building a brand around your performance passion. Um, break down how you know that that's not true and what are some things that people can start doing even if they're you know even if they're just starting out that they can actually build a platform that they can monetize without the big recognition right now yeah so um i think i, I see this uh for what concerns social media like when you tap into a new uh social media let's say for example somebody that always been on youtube even just moving to instagram figure it out that um whatever you were doing on youtube don't work anymore so mean that you gotta cut videos to 15 seconds 10 seconds to get people attention because that's what you work on that platform that's something that already kind of stretch your brain and stuff but it's all things that you already do and usually there sometimes needs to cut your video in pieces you so the solution is always there if that makes sense it's just you be open to see and be open also to um take a challenge and be like okay let me see what i can offer here and most of the time as i say you don't have to create nothing new it's something you already have same things when you when my talent decide to create uh clothing or decide to go into music like it's the same process you just gotta record yourself simply um singing a cappella or you know rehearsing when you do it for yourself most of the things are very simple and are not even that risky if you see like that unless instead of going all in and be like okay i'm gonna create this full production singing videos when like people never see me singing you know what i mean they don't know the process i haven't even bring them with stories or behind the scene to show that they're done pivoting and then you you know, one day you start to posting about singing or you start to, or you come up with a clothing line. I feel like that part where like you connect with your audience and you bring them in your like switch, in your change, your profit, that's what make the real change. It will really help you, you know, get into anything you need to. Even for coaching, if you decide to mentor somebody, you start coaching somebody, tell them your experience and start to tell them what you've been through. And then if somebody wants you to bring you from where you were to where you are right now, then that's it. You just got to literally bring them through your path. There is nothing else you got to learn or study. You already have everything. Most of the time, people have everything they need. They just don't know how to package you, how to use it. So, man, that's, and that's, and that's powerful. One of the things that I, I heard you say in there that's super that I'm a, I'm a super big proponent for is telling your story, right? Not because we're in a land of, of noise, right? A lot of people dancing, singing, producing content, um, you know, putting on skits on TikTok, uh, reels on Instagram. Um, and so talent is, I mean, we got access to talent coming out our ears, right? But what connects you to your, your audience, right, is, is your story. Your story is what's going to really start building an audience. Because I know that there's a lot of people that are like, well, I have 20,000 or 30,000 or 40,000 people that are following me on Instagram or TikTok. But then when they post a video, there's no engagement. When they post, uh, maybe they even post a class. They might say, well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach a class on Zoom or I'm going to teach an IG live class and then they post something and nobody buys. Well, it's because the audience hasn't connected with you on a level where they really want to learn from you. Just because they like your video or hit follow 
they just want your content. It doesn't mean that they really want to connect with you. But if you start telling your story, that's really a really powerful way to build a brand even early on. Yeah, I completely agree. And I will tell you this example. I recently started to work with this influencer um, and she's at uh, 4.7 million followers, right? And everybody will think these people make a bank and all that. She is not able to monetize. The only thing she can get is a couple of brand deals with those, yeah, two, two same like big stream brands that they literally only go on stats. That's how they choose the influencer. But like they are, these people, 4.7 million, she's not able to monetize. And that's why she hired me. I just started to work with her. But what I'm saying is like, Following has nothing to do with what you, it's better to have 1,000 people that care about you, see what you're doing, and you can release anything and they're going to buy just because they love what you have to tell and they know they're going to get a good product from you. Man, Susan said it. I didn't say it. I'm going to put Susan on quote of saying that. I, I, I'm so happy you just said that because I, it's, not about the, it's not about the number. It's about the engagement. And, and I would say the buy-in from the audience that you've attracted, right? Um, but and I, So I want to move the conversation because you know I think there's a lot of people out there that might take a look at your resume and be like, holy crap, worked with JLo, worked with all these big names. What is the key? I know that there's a lot of people when it comes to building a brand or building their, you know, their, their stage, so to speak, collaborations are big. So what would you say are really key, um, key things to be paying attention to when you're wanting to collaborate with personalities or brands that are on your, you know, your top? top list um i would say that when talent comes to me and they want to learn how to work with big artists go on tour or get brand, big brands these people there is no pitch that work you have to attract them to you and what that means is that you have to create a content strategy visual things that talk to them so that means that how we go and stalk people before the first day and go see what they like and what we should talk about. Same thing for them. Like take your client, your um, inspiration, if you want to work with as same, go and stalk them, see what they like, see what they hang out, see what kind of content they produce and produce something that will attract their attention. Tag them at the beginning, if we are talking about somebody big, tag them, try to let them know that you exist you know, ask people to repost if you're a choreographer on their music or you're trying to work with them. Have, pe- have them notice you because you can email their manager. You can even find their personal email, you know what I mean? But why they should work with you? Why they should, you know, just on your work? So make their work and create your page or image like you're already working with them. So when they find you, they already find a fit. It's like when you look for your ideal client, you have a business. At that point, J-Lo, whoever you want to work with, she's your ideal client. So you have to create content for her. You have to create content that speaks to her. If her team, anybody around her, come to your page and see you. So those big jobs, unfortunately, are the job you don't pitch at the job, they come to you. And you have to literally build your life, your brand around those goals, be Clear, clear about who you want to work with, what you want to, who you want to align with. That you won't be able to align with everybody, you know. If you want to align with Chris Brown, it probably would be hard that you align with 
Serena Gomez, Selena Gomez, you know, you gotta pick and choose the kind of um, content you create. But as I say, the more you are crystal clear on what you want, the more it's easier for you to attract those things to you. Same for brands. So I'm gonna ask a, a little bit of a, a, an interesting question here. Talk about your personal journey with a brand or a personality that you wanted to work with that you had to implore that same strategy and what did you do to get there? So uh, for me, being a manager is easier because it's my talent that have to do the work, like the front, and I just have to be good at managing the um, communication and you know make sure the job go through and all that. So, but obviously when we brainstorm with the talent, we are like, okay, what we're doing right now, are we focusing on going on tour for a year, two or three? So are we trying to get, you know, um, more artists on our funnel? Are we trying to network with those kind of people? Or we're focusing more on teaching and touring as a teacher. So we will sit down and figure out what are our goals for the next quarters or the next year. And then once we know, we will know if we want to focus on on touring with teaching that we're gonna post way more classes. We're gonna post way more reels about classes you teach before so we can get more dance camp to come in and call. Uh, I, obviously, I also pitch too. I send them, you know, my roster, send them a pitch to brands to, to dance camp why they should hire my talent. So that's sometimes worse, sometimes not, but most of the work is on the talent and what they produce. As I say, it's all about alignment, yes. Now I do have to say this that I'm that I'm noticing that I love about this is you're not what you just talked about with strategy. You talked about you're not talking about focusing on one gig. Let's let's dive into that a little bit because I do you see a lot of talent that struggles because they are only looking for the next thing instead of being really strategic with their approach on their entire platform. Cause I think so many starving artists, right. Are, are, I just need to get the next gig. And if I get the next gig, it's going to change my life. And we all know that that's not the case. So they're, they're out trying to find the next gig instead of being strategic about their entire approach. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, it's also the thing that people think they cannot reverse engineer their goals. Why? everything is possible to reverse engineer like everything is a game of numbers if you know how many brands you want to work with how much money you need to make and then you know how many you have to pitch because you know okay my conversion rate if I send out 100 emails gonna be five that they reply and maybe it's gonna come out one job that I know that that month I have to send this certain amount of email to jump on this a certain amount of call to get this amount of you know brand deals so Everything is kind of like that. It's going to start from your goal, where you want to go, and then go backwards and see what you need to do. As I say, everything is a game of number. If you know basic math, most likely you can do almost and reach almost any goal. Obviously, you just have to be also willing to say, okay, I'm going to tap into these 100 different things to be able to close one. So many people, they just try two, three things, and they get discouraged. Brent or reply things like that. Brands, they reply when they want. But if they know you exist, they might hit you up for some point in time because they need somebody like you for their campaign. But if you didn't send that pitch for Christmas, maybe they didn't know about you. So for some point in time, they wouldn't call you. So it's all about sending out things like it costs nothing. You know, what is the risk? The risk is that you get a no and you stay exactly where you are. So there is no risk in sending your stuff away 
be scared to get no's. Like, I mean, how many people leave the reply and say, I don't want to work with you? Maybe once in a year. Because people, if they're interested, they don't reply. So you even forget. And these people might not, though. They might put you in the list and they call you when they need you. So always I say, do the extra. And that's the thing. People don't want to do the extra post. The people don't want to send the extra email. And that's the, where, where is the difference between people that get stuck and people that break even. So, so let me ask you, you, works with, you work with big personalities, big brands. How important is outreach even for big brands? Uh, I think it's important if you um, have the patience to go and go on LinkedIn and figure it out, okay, who work in this company, who take care of the influencers or the global marketing side, and then you go and you find their email, try two, three different people, try two different pitches, create content specifically for that brand or something diff- similar of that brand that the brand can relate. So they can already visualize it. Remember, brands, these people, they don't want to do work. If you put them uh, in front of their mood board or how your, their brand will look on your page, you have way more chances than just explain them with an email, I think you should work with me because I'm good or have these numbers, okay? Show me your content, show me a video, show me a pitch, something visual that I can see. Like, okay, I want this for my brand. You're talking about putting in the work before you get the actual job. And I think that's, that's what so many people are, are afraid of. And they don't realize if they don't even pay attention to you by you putting in the work, you're already getting yourself better for the opportunity that is going to come. And so when the right opportunity comes, you, you've already put in, you know, you've done the practice, you've done the work. Now, you know, I know that you work with a lot of established personalities and a lot of, you know, established dancers, brands and all that kind of stuff. And I think there's this misconception of when you get to a certain level, no longer do you have to put in the work. (laughs) How, how do you still see that as, as a misconception and help me walk through the, the, the demystifying that, because I know that's not true. So, um, I, I think like, as we were talking before, like, a lot of big artists, big celebrities, at one point, they, um, they get lazy in a way that like, they get comfortable because they, they don't need to struggle for money no more. They don't need to do stuff. So like, they're cool. And that's where they kind of find a place where they're like, okay, I just do the minimum necessary for the maximum return. So you maximize your return with what you can do because you master it. But the thing is that if you really want to scale, you have to unlock yourself and tap into other things and other possibilities. And you can only do that by either hiring a coach or figure it out by yourself what you can do next because what is going to happen. Because you know how technology goes right now. So tomorrow is going to be a new social media. If you're not on it, you might miss out. And, you know, and so all these things go together like, to keep up with everything that's going on, with all the changes, you gotta be on it. And the only way to do it is to invest in yourself. So using those, how you use your money, the problem is not about making money, it's how you use it, I always say that. Hey, <laughs> hey, that's so true, that's so true. And I think I think that's the, the whole like, um, understanding that you're either doing one of two things, you're either growing or you're dying. There's no such thing as inertia. You don't stay, stay still. and you know, we hear stories all the time too about, you know, artists that have, they've made it quote unquote, and then they do get stuck or stagnant or they stay comfortable. And 
um, that's when they get into trouble. That's when you start seeing people go into depression. You start seeing people get wrapped up in, you know, hangups that are not healthy for them mentally, emotionally, and physically. Um, and, and all that kind of stuff. So what, what are some things that you are seeing people are doing to, I mean, you know, you, you had said something about, you know, encouraging them to get into another hobby or to get into another skill set. but what are some other things that, that, you know, you are encouraging them to do? Because I know also this whole entrepreneurship thing is important. I mean, what do you do? Are you teaching your artists to, how are you teaching your artists to be better entrepreneurs rather than just creatives? So as I say, the first thing I feel like is um, be able to organize your income in a way that makes sense for you, meaning that scaling and building a team that can take over all the things that you don't like, because you might love to create content, but maybe you don't like to edit those videos. Maybe you don't like to create those I don't know, covers. So you want to give that all to somebody that can do it better than you. And then you want to focus on your zone of genius. So that I, I understand. And I um, support to be that you have to do the least amount of work for the maximum results. So literally just sit there, shoot your content, be creative and that's it. But then you have to use all those other free time to tap into those new things that can not only keep you updated on what you're creating, because at the point you have no excuses, but also, uh, if I can put it in a few words, I would say, treat your brand like you are shooting to do a, an IPO. Even if you're like a single person, you know, so reinvest all your money, your brand, like you're growing it to go public. And believe me, you might not go public, but just with that mentality that you always reinvest and invest, you're going to scale so quickly because your goal is like, oh my gosh, I got to go public with my name, with my brand as a single person. Like so many people, they're going to find ways because the goal here is to uh, train your brain to find ways to get there. You know, it's not even to actually get to the goal, but be smart and uh, find ways to get there. So I always say shoot super high and the Ask where the next step is gonna come because it's survival. <laughs> if you want to move forward, you find the next step. Right, and I think you're you're bringing up an important part too. Is that like, and I used to see this all the time with dancers that would get booked on tours, is they'd make all this money and then they would go buy a car. Yeah, you know, that's that was car. worth that was like all of their money, and then three months later, it's at the impound because they couldn't keep up with the payments. And what you're saying is like. Listen, you need to re, you need to think of yourself as a business, not just a performer. And any business will tell you that you're not going to make money within the first five years of a, of a small business. Now that, that, that number can change, but the reason why it doesn't make money is because you're constantly pouring money in to build this foundation so that it's not just here today, gone tomorrow. So if you do have a, you know, you do have a one hit that hits TikTok and you go viral then what else do you have? Like, do you have other things that you can do to sustain yourself past that? And are you creating other streams of, of income or, or other things like that? Because you need to have, again, you need to have more than just the next gig to take you to the next level. Um, and so, man, this is, this is such a good conversation. And I know we could, we could go on and on about this stuff, but um, but where, where do people, uh, can, can they connect with you and find out more about you and what you're up to? 
Oh, definitely my Instagram is the best way. I have a lot of things on my bio, but you can also DM if you don't find things there. More than happy to reply. I really try to reply to everybody. Um, so yeah, I guess Instagram is the place where I hang out the most. Or Clubhouse, if you want to come on stage, ask questions, join us. I'm more than happy. So, um, and what's what's your Instagram handle for everybody? Yes, my Instagram is Susan Ancelotti exactly like my name and then um on clubhouse i have two weekly rooms that i host on saturday and sundays at 2 p.m pst and we talk about all the things online business social media building a brand scaling business so you guys are more than free to come and join us awesome awesome and i i do have to ask you this because i know that uh, you know, we're in a brand new year. A lot of exciting stuff came out of, uh, a lot of tough stuff came out of 2020, but a lot of exciting stuff came out of 2020 as well. What's a project right now that you're working on that you're super excited about? So right now is my signature program. Um, I've been testing it for the past two, three months with uh, one-on-one coaching and group coaching. And it's literally like a uh, building, uh, from zero like your brand or scaling it. And uh, as we were talking, like all the overcoming all those mindset roadblocks that you might found and tap into those opportunities that you don't see yet and create passive income. That's, those are my favorite ones because I wish one day everybody, because I wish that for my parents, so I wish it for everybody that we were able to, you know, don't leave to work. So, yeah, that's one of my goals. Have everybody have passive income and take advantage of the internet and the world that we are going in. Yeah, that's definitely, I mean, the landscape is wide open right now. There's, there's so much opportunity. So Susan, I just want to say thank you so much for all the value that you added to uh, this conversation. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, and I definitely think that we'll probably see you on in a future podcast episode uh, later on. We'll follow up with you about how your coaching program is going. But once again, thank you so much for everything. Thank you so much, Jesse. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to another episode of the My Creative District podcast with your host, Jesse Paul Smith. Here, we turn your passion into profit. Follow us on Facebook and stay tuned for another episode of the My Creative District podcast.